fans can come in here, the Celtic fans can come in here, Laker fans can come in here. But take that L on the way out. Dallas coming off a loss last night to San Antonio, 119-109, as Murray hits the three to... Grant sets up Gary Harris. Good one there. Two question I asked to one of their insiders tonight. He's not there yet. He says more work. Grant. Check straight away. Yes. Murray to Jokic. Your place to get weekly Denver Nuggets news, highlights, and opinions with your host, Arthur Knight, and your co-host, Nick Basher. Welcome to Take That L. I'm Arthur Knight, and with me as always, or back with me, is Bashman. Welcome back, Bashman. It's really good to see you, brother, and good health. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm already sounding like I'm sick again. I'm back. I'm feeling better. You know, I'm taking uh, my vitamin C, my vitamin D. So, uh, you know, I'm back in the game. So we're good. Yeah, I know you were missing the gym, but uh, now I bet you were just missing uh, not have to be sick and just stay in bed for 14, 15 hours. The only good thing that came out of it is I watched all Better Call Saul in a week. That's (laughs) the only good thing that came out of it. On the, on the other bright side, uh, you know, uh, my, my job understood completely because I've taken off three weeks of work in a matter of six weeks. So, uh, yeah, they're all cool with it. I'm fortunate to still have my job and, you know, yeah, happy to well, be back. Appreciate it. Well, when you work hard and, and you got good character, you know, they're not letting that go, you know, mm, especially during this time. But uh, uh, speaking of good character, man, our, our boy Jamal Murray, and I, I know I don't play for the Nuggets, but I feel like he's my boy because Jamal, I, I love Jamal Murray. You know what I'm saying? So I say, oh, yeah. I say, when I say our boy, that's what I mean. But uh, he donated 200 meals to healthcare workers for uh, the frontline workers, man. And I just thought that that was great character. An awesome move, especially with a lot of jobs right now in, in the Pepsi Center that are pretty much not salary, you know, it's uh, it's hourly. And that, that's really awesome that he was able to contribute and help, you know, the Denver metro area. So shout out to Jamal Murray, the real, yeah, the real goat. Yeah, man. I thought that was really, really cool. So when the Nuggets draft, they, they've hit a lot of pay dirt over the years in the drafts, but there has been a couple of blemishes and, and I give a credit to hey, no organization is perfect. No organization is perfect. Hit no, or misses. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Even the greatest organizations have, have hit and missed on a lot. Um, sure. But I, I do, I, I do give credit to Rob bringing this to my attention though, because it, it does bring to light. And I actually had to do some research. So that's why I give him credit. Cause it actually made me think I was like, when he asked me the question, I gave him kind of just a spot on from memory answer. And I wasn't very accurate with it. And I kind of, after the conversation was like, you know what? I should probably look into that because at first I was like, well, those picks turned into great picks. But actually, after doing research and, and the, the blunders I'm talking about, or I call, I call them blunders, but the ones I'm talking about is when they drafted Rudy Gobert and Mitchell and then traded them. And in 2013, the Nugs traded Rudy Gobert, who is a pick number 27 for cash and the 46th pick, which the Nugs used to pick Eric Green from Virginia Tech, I believe. And I'm like, who? The only yeah. positive that came out of that is the next year we end up drafting Jokic. And obviously he was a second round pick. So it's not like 
they were keyed on him. Uh, no NBA team was really keyed on him. He would have went first round if they were. But I mean, I do think they obviously could have gotten a better package. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty always. But at the time, I mean, I, I know this because I played NBA 2K. Uh, 2013 NBA 2K, Rudy Gobert was the worst player in NBA 2K. So he's done a lot. He's done a lot of development in his last seven, eight years. So I, I mean, he's the best although, defensive center in the league. Nobody no doubt, no that. doubt. But as a true playoff lover, as a, as a true lover of the game, he can't play in crunch time. He can't even play in the playoffs, especially in and, certain and matchups. He has no, and he has no offensive game except for the, unless you have, he has a great point guard like uh, Mitchell to lob him up the ball or drive and uh, suck in the defense. So Exactly. I, I do give him that credit, but I'm just saying they did trade him for nothing, really. It, yeah. It's kind of the point. They got, they got nothing for him. And then, real quick, on, on the Gobert, real quick, you do also got to realize that the management, I mean, obviously they are still stingy now, but I mean, they were way stingier back then. So oh, to yeah. get cash and to get off a, and to get a pick, I mean, that's like the Nuggets front office is like dream. It's like, oh, so that yeah, nobody like <laughs> understand. But you also got, I, this is another thing that I realize is like, if we didn't have Jokic and we had a huge gap at center, it's like, damn, that's a huge miss. But yeah. because because we have Jokic, I don't see that as big of a miss. But the next okay. one, if you want that's to continue, a, the next one, if you point. if you want to go in the next one, I, I have an argument on that. That's a valid point. In 2017, the Nuggets drafted Mitchell with the 13th pick, you know, right on the fringe of, of the lottery, and traded him to Utah for Trey Lyles, who no longer plays for the team, and the 24th pick in that draft, which they used to pick Tyler Lydon, who also doesn't play for the team, but did sit on the bench for a couple of years. So to me, that one is really a waste, except for the fact that I do love Jamal Murray. Mm -hmm. So I'm still on the fence and kind of up in the air about that one being a bust as well, or even a blunder. Yeah. I, w I would have loved to see Mitchell in a Denver Nuggets uniform, but we do have Jamal Murray. We do have Gary Harris. So I'm still calling it a blunder, though, because I want Mitchell on this team. <laughs> yeah. Now, let, let me go on to this for a minute. I, I do think that is a huge mess up by us. I mean, uh, again, like I said in the Go Bear, hindsight's always 2020. So to look back at this one, if we ended up taking – Mitchell, but ended up doing something with like Gary Harris to get a better wing defender or Will Barton and get a better wing defender. That's probably the most suitable to win a championship right away because obviously having a backcourt of Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, uh, some kind of defensive minded wing three. And then you have back then it was Paul Millsap and then you have Jokic at the five. So, I mean, like I said, that would be a dream lineup, but Again, I don't think anyone knew Mitchell was going to absolutely blow up and be the, the best uh, draft player in his draft. Well, I well, guess Tatum was. I guess he was second. He was 2017, took, right? They took him at the 13th pick. Somebody thought that he was going to do something in the NBA. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what I'm saying, though, is like if you come into the draft and you know you're going to be a bona fide superstar, you usually go in the top three. There's, yeah. Unless, um, depending on how deep the draft is, you could find steals like a Devin Booker, I think, went 13th to Phoenix. Phoenix you have Paul right. George falling. I think he fell to 12 or 13 also to Indian, uh, Indy. Kawhi Leonard fell to 15. So, I mean, you find diamonds in the roughs, but I mean, those players have all put in heavy development and they've really, really put the work in. Most of the players that fall later in the draft usually become a good bench player, you know, a good role player throughout their career. But it's very, you know, a one in 10 chance that it actually becomes a, a legit superstar. 
Yeah, I mean, it is It is always – I mean, that's why they call it a lottery pick, right? Because you never know. Exactly. That's in any any sport across the uh, – professional sport, I should say, across that, or even uh, collegiate. Because when a, a kid signs going to a, a college, they don't know if that kid coming in as a freshman, you know, he could be the top kid in the country going into that mm-hmm. school, and he could come in and he could bomb. I have a good example for you. Look at the Duke team last year. Uh, not not last year, the year before. The Zion year. Right. He came in exactly. as the third best player on the Duke team behind Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett. And by the first game, you're like, you guys, you see the Zion kid? Like, he's clearly yeah. the most dominant on both right. sides of the court. He's right. obviously the most explosive, and he he's brings the most eyes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so he clearly becomes the alpha dog on that team. All Like, without, you know, he should. I mean, he, you know, future superstar. So Yeah, it happens that way, and it happens in reverse. I mean, it, it does have, you know, sometimes a kid comes in there, and he's huge, and he doesn't do very well, and he falls by the wayside. So, of course, but when it comes to Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he didn't fall by the wayside. He not only, (laughs) he not only has become the player that they thought he would be. (laughs) The player we need. That we need. Exactly. And, And not only that, he plays so well against the Nuggets. Like he plays so well against the Nuggets. And I, I think he plays with purpose against the Nuggets because they traded him on draft night to the Utah Jazz. So that's why he comes in to Denver or when we come into Utah, he plays like he wants to embarrass the Nuggets. I mean, that's just the way I feel when I'm watching the game. Only silver lining of this whole entire conversation we're having is it's actually, I mean, I'm not going to say super likely, but there is a slim chance that Denver might be able to go get Donovan Mitchell in the next 18 months. I mean, right. depending on how Rudy Gobert and him like come back to this team. I mean, obviously – Rudy Gobert is probably the most important piece. Like he's the linchpin of keeping this whole team together with his defensive ability and, you know, clogging the paint and, you know, being able to do all the defensive and all the dirty things. But Donovan Mitchell is the future of that team with the scoring and how the the game's going to more guard play and more shooting the three. So, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is that face. And honestly, if if we could end up saying in 12 to 18 months, making a package of like two first round picks, I hate to do this to you, but, Gary Harris and like a bench <laughs> player, a, a random bench player. That's not a bad. I mean, I, I think you would agree, no, although a, it, it, it would hurt, but I think you would agree like that would better our team. We talked about it. We talked about it a couple of shows ago about what we would be willing to give up to get him. And he's not a bad defender. So he's not a great defender either. Like the Gary only Harris. issue would be the size of our backcourt with, uh, I think what's Jamal six, five. Is yeah. he six, six? Yeah, he's, he's, he's in that. He's six five, six six. He's in that area. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess that, that wouldn't be that bad. But you would definitely have to make Jamal Murray a better defender and make sure he can guard the number one perimeter player. But that's besides, no unless we have a unless unless Michael Porter Jr. just becomes Kevin Durant. Right, right. All right. Coming up next, we're gonna have Rob McClendon, and we're gonna do the give and go. This is take that to hell. Every day across this country. Hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. 
this is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College Radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Shawing. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Welcome to Landmark Packaging, where we can take care of all your packaging needs. From labeling to janitorial supply, we've got you covered. We're going eight years strong and have an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. Find us on the web at LandmarkPackaging.com. We look forward to the opportunity to provide your business with custom packaging solutions. Landmark Packaging, always challenge your capabilities. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and College Radio is that place for it. College Radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Welcome back. We're going to go ahead and do the give and go after I introduce Rob that I always forget to do because I just don't care that much about my good friends. <laughs> and he's uh, always talking smack, man. Welcome to the show, Rob. I'm not, I'm not professional. Hey, Nick, anyway. Nick, how you doing? JG, how you doing? Arthur, I don't even care how you're doing. <laughs> I'm doing good, Rob. Thanks for asking. 
Yeah, me too. I wish I had a good rock voice because I'd be like, how are you doing? And as soon as you answered, you know, I'd do that. It doesn't matter. That's what's up. All right, man. Well, welcome to the show regardless. Always love to have you on. We're going to go ahead and jump right into the give and go. Everybody knows the rules. So, JG, hit us with that first question. The Nuggets have three of the NBA's top 74 jerseys of all time. The OG Skyline, 1985 to 1993. Blue Dazzle, 2003 to 2008. Navy Cursive, 2008 to 2012. Which is your favorite of all time? Man, Rob was talking smack off the air, but the bottom line is is my, my favorite jersey is the new Skyline jerseys. The black ones? I do. I love that one. I love all of them. The white one, uh, I mean, I love all of them. Uh, I think they're cool. Yep. See, Dashman's got the Yokish one. He's That's just my favorite his, one. He's straight popping his collar on the mm-hmm. air on us. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely have to go with that one. I mean, my second best would be, would be that, uh, that Navy cursive, though. That one, I, ha- I had a reversible jersey of that one. When it, they had the um, swing jersey on that one was the gold one, and that one ah. was really clean. So, I mean, that was like a really close second for me. Uh, Bashman? Yeah, uh, I'd actually ag- – I'm going to go with two different answers. My favorite Nuggets jersey of all time, actually the white one from last year. I don't have it. I want to get it. But I think the white just it, – it looks – unbelievably crispy like i just think it looks awesome my other favorite jersey of all time uh which is not a laker or excuse me not a nuggets team you gotta go with the toronto raptors og the purple raptor that thing is just so awesome looking it reminds me of my childhood so that's also my jersey do you vc yeah vc i do oh i'm jealous i'm jealous i I gotta go with I, i think between the Raptors and the last year Nuggets, like those two I could wear every day of the week if I could. That's what's up. What is that? I just got an Amber Alert. You guys will get it soon. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) JG's like, let me mute my phone. Uh, Rob said he was out in the middle of nowhere in an undisclosed area. He didn't tell us where. Now I'm out out on my family's ranch out here in Lyons, Colorado. (laughs) Contemplate which one of my favorite jerseys for the Nuggets are. And it's usually one that back in the day, it's the one watching them leave as the Sonics were kicking their butt. Except for this one. Uh, (laughs) You mean? And then the one time they did beat us, and I bring it up every show. That's my favorite jersey. Actually, it's the old school, it's the old school Skyline one, you know, with with the Colorado State colors, man. That's timeless. Another thing I want to talk about is. Arthur's love of reversible jerseys. We all had reversible jerseys back in the day because we didn't like to do laundry. So I think that talks more about our character than it does your love of the jersey. Just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, man. This guy likes to throw fingers all the time. Because you know you're going to lose that. I don't know why you open that box. Open Man, professional, hey, Arthur, Rob. professional. Hey, Rob, you've got to be a big fan <laughs> of those uh, Sonic jerseys, though. The green ones, I mean, those are, I mean, those are timeless. Like, if they oh. come back, like, they've got to have those as their retro, right? No, those are toilet paper. Hey, those are awesome. Those are awesome. I, love, I love that jersey suit. Hey, you know what's dope about the Sonics? Even though they don't exist anymore, they still have more championships than your Nuggets, so I just stopped Damn, talking. Damn, burn. That was cold. That was uh, cold. That's true. That's true. I, I old school. See what you guys only know is the Sonics back in the day, like the nineties and the eighties, it was the supersonics. 
And when those when those jerseys come back, those are the ones. All right. All right. I, I think I think I'm thinking of what you're thinking now. JG, hit us with that second question. During this hiatus, we all miss a lot of things. G Money Gary Harris says, I miss my teammates. Ain't nothing like those locker room laughs, I swear. G Money misses the camaraderie. What do you miss most about the NBA season? I'll start with this one. Uh, I mean, we'd be in full playoff swing right now, so I'm just missing the playoffs. I'm missing the intensity of those games. I'm missing the excitement of being at work all day just to get home and, you know, make a frozen pizza, get a six pack, and just indulge in good beer and good basketball. That's that's probably what I miss the most. And, you know, just the excitement, the storylines. I miss everything about it, to be honest, but mostly it's just the intensity of the playoff basketball. Yeah, I agree. All of that. The other part, though, is, you know, you get on most of it, but even like he was saying he misses the, the camaraderie. I miss that. I miss, you know, instead of sitting here on this show, I mean, we're talking about this, but we could have been at a bar watching these games and having different conversations and cheering. There's so much fun. You know, you get wrapped up into the game. You get wrapped up into like you feel it in your gut, you know, in that last shot. Like, I know that when I'm watching close games for my team, I'm on my knees, you know, down, like, kind of looking at the screen, like, come on, come on, come on, come on. You feel and you live with all that emotion. And I, that's what sports is, and I miss that right now. Yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more with, with what you just said, Rob. Like, that's – I miss the dunks. I miss the three-point shots. I, I miss taking shots with my homeboy. Like, we, we, I have a good friend, Mark. And we'll watch Nuggets games and we'll be like, all right, every three point made by the Nuggets, we're taking a shot, you know, whatever we have available. I miss being able to go watch games at the Pepsi Center. I miss watching the Altitude Sports Channel and listening to Scott Hastings talk about this Nuggets team and how great this Nuggets team is. And, you know, and how he is able to draw back to when he was playing and during that era of uh, Jordan, Magic, Bird era, because he played during, you know, all of those eras. And, uh, you know, I just miss all of that about basketball. Watching all of this, you know, the last dance and all of that stuff is great, but it's not the same as watching, you know, like Rob said, it's like watching theater in motion with basketball. It's like poetry. When you're watching it, you feel a part of it, a part of the game. You know, it's a story and you want to see it to the end. Even when somebody's getting blown out, most of the time I'll watch the game to the end. So, JG, hit us with that third one. The Denver Stiffs have a great article about what if the Nuggets had never drafted Jokic? So, what if the Nuggets never drafted the Joker? What would or could you have ran with instead? Well, I don't, I don't know. I think actually, I think you'd be a, a smaller team for sure. Uh, I think you'd probably be more the style of not quite the Rockets, but you'd have to be an up and down team if you didn't have some sort of big man, particularly with his skill set. I mean, you could just get any big man. I guess you know, what do you guys was Plumlee the backup here? Yep. Yeah, and he's and he's a serviceable player. Don't get me wrong, but he can't facilitate. He's not you know in every other NBA team. I would say you want the ball in your point guard or your shooting guard's hand. This is one of the few teams that you're like, get the ball in your big man's hand and facilitate that offense. That with the pieces you have right now, that this team would be as good without him. It's That's a tough question because you don't know the what ifs. We just had the Rudy Gobert trade question. What are the what ifs? Who do you replace him with? Who got it? Well, Who did you get in the draft instead? That's basically, that's basically the question. I mean, the question is, is who would you run with who would you have chosen? I mean, in that draft class, the Nuggets had slim pickings from 
that draft class uh, of that season. That's why Jokic got chosen so late in that who, draft. Who was the number one overall pick in that draft? Uh, it was a pretty weak draft. 2014, it was Anthony Bennett. Right. Yeah. Which explains that was a, a lot. a pretty weak draft, is, as I recall. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, so there's, there's nobody in that draft that you get that you're like, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I just. The Nuggets would have had to. Oh. I'm sorry, excuse me. That was Anthony uh, – that was the Andrew Wiggins draft. So, you actually had no. Jabari Parker. You had uh, Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, Zach Levine, Dario Saric, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, well, then, Gary Harris, actually. If, if you didn't get Jokic, then you're saying you have your pick, and it's got to be Embiid. Not, see, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted Embiid. I, I wouldn't want to run with Embiid. If the Nuggets had landed Embiid – I don't know well, if he, he was, was in a different player here. The, but the I, issue was, is we could have never gotten an Embiid. He was the third pick. No doubt. So no I'm, doubt. But we're talking, we're talking who, in my opinion, the Nuggets would have had to make drastic draft night trades in order to get anybody better than they did in Jokic. And I still stand on that. They did draft uh, Nurchich, I believe, in that draft as well. So – if that uh, draft is redone, Jokic is probably knowing what you know now based on health issues. Jokic is the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, because it yeah, goes him and then Carl Anthony Towns. It goes him and right. then Carl Anthony Towns easily, and then maybe Devin Booker third. Right, yeah. and I right. like Zach Levine just because he's from Bothell, Washington, and he's a stud. But you know, he's, he's you know he's he don't build a franchise around that guy. All right. Well, the Nuggets, the Cavaliers, and the Trailblazers open their facilities, but there are a few voices not in agreement. We'll talk about it on the other side. This is Take That L. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com, so I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. What does it take to be on air? It's not just the personality, though it does help. It takes drive, creativity, passion, and the willingness to develop yourself and truly find what makes you special. At Go Mile High, students are given this chance to become something great. You never know. Someone you're hearing right now could be the next big thing, and you could be the first to know how it all started. So keep listening, because you never know what's next on GoMileHigh.com. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. 
This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Hurry, young Papsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But, sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Papsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. I'm all good. Now. I had a cookie one time, whole cookie, and then my wife knows that cereal. I was super high, and I hadn't. I, it was like when it first became legal, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it because we can." You know, it's probably been like 15 years since I had smoked, and so I thought, "Let's have a cookie. That'll be better." And so I yeah. took like like a half hour went by, and I'm like, "This ain't doing." Shit, you know, so I'm like, "I better just eat the whole cookie." And I didn't realize my friend made it with weed butter, and so I ate the whole cookie. <laughs> I, I would say. I would say by 11 o'clock at night, like we had this big 65 inch TV and it was like, yeah, so like my heart started real fast. And then, yeah, and then I was hit Kieran. And then so my wife came up and then she's just like, you okay? And I'm like, you got to take me to the hospital. I think I'm going to die. And my wife working for the emergency room goes, yeah, that's not going to happen. And she brings me water. And she goes, I'm not going to be the woman to take my husband to the emergency room for too much pot. And she goes, and she handed me some water. And then she was like, and stay with from the kids till the morning. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, welcome back. And I'm getting crazy text messages right now. That's completely unprofessional. Uh, oh, look at Arthur. Popularity calls. Look at me, everybody. I have friends. Save that crap for off the radio. We all know the truth. Right, that, there was a little jealousy in your tone there, sir. Hey, and, there uh, was, there was, because I have no friends. <laughs> So the Nuggets, the Cavaliers, and Portland have opened their facilities as of yesterday, right? But Mark Cuban has gone on the record saying that, I just don't think the risk is worth the reward, even though we can try and take all different kinds of precautions, end quote. So with the pandemic and them reopening the facilities, there's a lot of strict rules. And he is basically saying like, well, what's the point? If we can't go back to regular business as usual, what's the point? And the reason why he's saying that before, before I you know, toss it over to you fellas is the rules with opening facilities are teams opening will be able to designate six assistant coaches or player development personnel to provide supervision head coaches will not be allowed to participate and you know they have to adhere to all social dis- distancing guidelines so basically even if you're with the trainer the trainer has to be six feet away from you while you're bench pressing i kind of feel mark cuban like what's the point that's kind of why i asked you know, I had that question set up that we were talking about, Rob, you know, because it's kind of like, is it fool's gold, them having the facilities open and practicing, but it's not like full practice. So with that, these teams that are opening like the Nuggets, I mean, Rob, you brought up a great, great question. Is it unfair to other teams? Let's go with that. Bashman. Uh, what's the point? Uh, well, the point is, is eventually they're going to have to finish the season if we want to finish the season. I don't know about you guys, but I want to see an end to the season. 
I think the first well, half was quite awesome. Step, do you think this is step one, or do you think this is like we're about to be in full swing within a couple of weeks? I mean, listen, I, I do think the second wave is going to be first in the worse than the first wave, but I also don't think the second wave is going to hit till mid October, like actually okay. the flu season. So I think as long as they stay precautious and they understand that, I mean, this is what you want you got to realize if they're playing five on five pickup game between the the two, like the the half the team and you're going to see a a trainer or a coach, like you just played five on five with nine other people. If someone has it, they're going to pass to the coaches and trainers. So I do think they need to be strict on, testing daily or finding out a way that if they can test See, that daily, was, yeah, that's, that the, that's the big thing. Yeah. If they can test daily and take temperatures and, you know, stay super precautious, I don't think there's a reason why we can't start up. Right. But I still, I mean, looking at my calendar right now, we're May 9th. I mean, I'm still in the hindsight that we're not going to be having basketball for at least another five to six weeks anyways. So I think hopefully one of these next two or three weeks, uh, a fast resolving test will come to light. But, but yeah, this is definitely the first step. you got to open up facilities. you got to get players to get somewhat conditioned to play basketball. So I, this is a necessary move. And I think, I think this is more, to me, to me, I think this is more for like rehabilitation purposes because um, that's what it sounds like to me. You know, like when they say uh, player development personnel, I don't, I don't think they're going to really be on the court. But uh, Rob, what, what do you think? Well, I, I think that that's exactly right. I think this is a lot of a lot of people just assume because NBA players are millionaires that they have these big mansions with these big gyms. They don't realize is a lot of these people have homes in different states and they're staying in apartments and stuff like that. And those apartments, you can't use those gyms right now. You can't go to the gym and lift weights. So on that standpoint, opening up the facility to allow them to maybe start getting and getting back into game shape. Or put um, up shots. Yeah, put up shots. I don't yep. think that they're going to be they're – no, they're nobody's running up and down the court defending each other. you got to stay six feet apart. As far as coaching, I mean, you've got vir- virtual reality these days. They can have Zoom meetings and still get coached up. Right. You know, if they, if they can go in there, Good five point. of them put up shots, videotape their shots, and then have coaches kind of give them – you know, coach him up via that way. Um, there's, it's still not as good as the regular, you know, as, as being it together. I will say this, Nick, though, that there is, there's actually a fast, fast test now. Uh, my wife working awesome. for the emergency room Saturday, sorry, Thursday wasn't feeling well. Uh, she had to go fast? to one of those drive-throughs, uh, and they take this swab and they, they like stick it so far up your nose they tickle your brain. And she had her results back the next morning to see if she could go back to work. So it is available. The oh, problem is okay. it's got to be ordered. You not, not just anybody can get it right now. It's for first responders and rich people that want to get it. Um, mm-hmm. So it is, it is available. So they do have that at their disposal. As far as it being an, I brought up the question of it being an unfair advantage based on the fact that New York is hit so hard that they just have different state guidelines. It's not just about what the NBA says. What is their governor telling them? that they're allowed to do as far as gathering and go out versus what Portland is allowing doing. So if right. these guys are allowed to go out, but these guys aren't, then it should be all or nothing. I mean, that's just well, the way and, it should be. And, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I didn't even think about it from that per, you know, that angle point when, uh, when I was thinking of this question or this, uh, this whole, or reading that article, I don't even think anybody thought about that. Like, well, only certain teams. I mean, there are other teams that are opening on Monday as well. And it, it has been, the NBA is basically from the article that I read uh, on, um, I believe it was ESPN was basically stating that it was discretionary. Like you, you can 
open your facility to yeah. well nick and nick uh, brought up a really really good point and it's not just about basketball in general I'll just say this in sports in general everybody knows and my wife had brought this up today too the second wave it's going to be a big number so what we're going to go back to normal and have this second wave that's worse than the first wave and then have to restop again can that's i just add one thing sorry just the idea of the second wave I know we're a basketball podcast, but what the, what's going to happen? Sorry, Janae. What's going to happen to NFL? That's what like, I'm saying. That's why I, that's what so I just said in sports it's in general. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just another tangent, but let's get back on the basketball subject of it. But yeah, yeah so it's, the it's second wave, so, so what are you going to do? We're, we're going we're gonna to get through, we're going to get our Jones for another month of basketball and then have to stop all over again and go do this all over again? Well, hopefully so, basketball will be done by then. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully basketball will be done. Hopefully. Not the playoffs. So, Not the playoffs at this point. No, the, the playoffs should be done by August. Yeah. If they, if no, they I, start, even David Stern, I read an article where David Stern was saying we might just start basketball in December. That's the new idea for the new calendar season. Right. So oh, instead okay. of starting in October, it's going to be pushed back to December. And Got that it. kind of works in the favor because if the season ends in August, September, October, November, December, oh, got it. 20, got December 20th. I think, I think the season will be starting on Christmas day. I think it that would kinda, be the new tradition. It kind of worked out. It kind of worked out in the NBA's um, benefit because this is something that they have been talking about doing for years and couldn't quite figure out how to get it done. And I mean, they, they kind of benefited from this season being on a hiatus because when they come back, they're going to come back to do playoff basketball. If they do, if they do anything, um, they might have a few games, regular season games, just to have like warm up games. But I don't even think that's going to be what I heard. What I heard is they're going to try to get to 70 games each. Some teams are at 67. Some games are at 63. So, like, right. some teams are going to have to play seven games. Some play, teams are going to have to play three games. But, like, this goes back to even Rob's question. Like, what about the New York Knicks who've played, like, say, say they played 65 games and they need to end their season five or they have five more games to finish their season. Right. Do they leave New York or Golden State Warriors? Do they leave San Francisco knowing that they have absolutely no chance of making the playoffs? So, it's, well, that's, the, that's the interesting thing. Well, there's also been talks of having all of these teams play in the same arenas. That is true. And, and that is true. Well, oh, the neutral have, site? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Let's just have different people from all over the country travel here and then have to have this staff, like, sanitize an arena every, every day. That makes no sense at all. <laughs> well, to be well, fair, as someone that used to live in Orlando, they do have, they do have a huge uh, ESPN which is perfect for the broadcasting because they could come up with there. a that good deal. Is, oh, that place is awesome. Yeah. They have like eight basketball courts. So in reality, they would probably choose a new basketball court for every game. And then while they do a really deep cleaning, if you have two different locations where one's in Vegas and one's in Orlando, you have the Eastern Conference and Western Conference. That's not a bad idea. Kind of run it they like could, the Pac-12 tournament. You just they could do it like a rec league or a, or, or a tournament like the the um, exactly like you said the Pac-12 and stuff like that. So and you know what they do? They have the championship game in Denver. <laughs> hey, one one thing. One thing Yay! I do want to say that there's a there's a really good opportunity here is for uh, is for the virtual reality people. Uh, we talk about having no fans, but that's not true. I mean, you could right. literally start packaging the goggles and the subscriptions to all these games and filter in some of that noise. So I, I think there's a tremendous opportunity here for, for fanless arenas, but still have that fan experience. All right. And with that, we are all fans of basketball, and we are going to take this break. This is Take That L. 
Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Welcome to Landmark Packaging, where we can take care of all your packaging needs. From labeling to janitorial supply, we've got you covered. We're going eight years strong and have an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. Find us on the web at landmarkpackaging.com. We look forward to the opportunity to provide your business with custom packaging solutions. Landmark Packaging, always challenge your capabilities. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hurry, young Popsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But, sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. 
back. All right, Bashman, you're driving this one. I got this one already. So just browsing on uh, the good old Twitter, I came across this article and I thought it was, you know, like every sports article I see, kind of interesting. So it, uh, it's asking, what are the nine of the NBA's most intensive rivalries of all time. And I started reading some of these and obviously there's some of the most iconic ones, but I came up with a little game and I want to see if Arthur and Rob knows these rivalries better. So if you guys are down to play, let's get into it. All righty. First one, let's just start with this. It's recently been in the news because of a certain documentary. Well, that'd be Jordan and Isaiah for sure. That is the first one. So just by that theory, nice. Arthur will go next because. But, but was that even really a rivalry, Jordan and Isaiah? I mean, it was really. Oh yeah. Jordan and, Are you serious? Oh yeah, that's well, no. I'm, I'm not saying Jordan and Isaiah because because the whole walk off. That rivalry was like Jordan, Jordan on net. Jordan the on net. Trust me, Isaiah Thomas. Trust me, let me get into this. I understand what you're coming from, Rob, but if you isolate Isaiah Thomas and put him on any team, he is a true he's baller. Probably, okay. Besides that, he's the third he's best great. guard of all time. So next one. Absolutely. He's great. Absolutely. Next he's one. Great. These are two of the best power forwards of all time. They were Ooh. both drafted in the nineties. Ooh, two of the greatest power forwards. Charles Barkley, Carl Malone. Damn. No. Hmm. That would well, be what, think, think about this. It's it's the greatest power forward of all time, and in my book, the third greatest power forward of all time. Jim Duncan, Carl Malone. Nope. Jim Duncan's you got one. Got one of them. Dang, you got one. Arthur, how about you? Tim, I'm thinking this, this boy just shouting out names. It's not my fault you don't know the game well enough to shout out names. Ooh, you want to get this? on Wikipedia and about, Google and this? figure it out? The other player was the first player to come out of high school into the league. Kevin Garnett. Bam, bam. He led the first one, though. Moses Malone came out. Oh, I'm sorry. It, b- besides the ABA stuff. But, yeah, you are correct about that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm Rob. I know all. <laughs> third one. Aren't you the one that has the show, Take That L with Arthur Knight, yes. like you're supposed to be on? Yes, I do, sir. Yes, I do. Thank okay. you. He knows He knows Nuggets basketball. Doesn't know NBA basketball. Let's just get the facts. So, real quick, number, number three. Um, this is contemporary. The I mean, obviously, you go back to the 70s, 80s. So, uh, the centers ruled the league. But this is probably the most contemporary center beef we've had. One is an all-timer. One was on track to be an all-timer, but kind of fell off the last seven or eight years. You said in the 70s? No, no. Uh, one plays currently. Uh, the other was drafted in the 90s. But one they have beef? Let me just say this. Superman. Well, Dwight Howard was Dwight like Howard, yeah. That's one. But I'm like, but it, so who is trapped? Uh, Shaquille O'Neal? You got it. The Shaquille O'Neal, Dwight Howard beef. <laughs> All oh, right. So these, are, these are not rival. Okay. These are not yeah, just see, I thought they played against point. each other. Oh, I oh, guess they, they did play against each other. They, did you guys? Do you guys not remember all the smack talking yeah. back in two thousand eight and two thousand nine? Yeah. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong, yeah. Shaq wasn't in his prime, but yeah. that was a legit beef. They don't like each other. Oh, it was. It um, was. Yeah, that's true. The fourth one, I'm going to pass to the last one because it's a little weird. All right, now this one is the <laughs> most contemporary. This is the magic bird of our time. This is the most iconic of the last ten years, and probably for the next two or three more years. Uh, Arthur, I'm trying not Le- to shout names out. LeBron, to LeBron Curry. Nope. The other one. What other the better icon? The better iconic player, not named Steph Curry, the seven foot one. <laughs> uh, uh, Giannis. Rob. 
Save this man. <laughs> Kevin Durant. Come on, guys. LeBron, Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. That's Dude, a rivalry. Have a rivalry or beef? That's a rivalry? Oh, they didn't even play each other. 2012. Your stuff don't count. 2012. They, they played against 2012. each other in one year. In one year. Yeah, that's not a beef. That's, that's Kevin Durant. Rivalry. Kevin Durant. <laughs> that's, always, that's will always be second fiddle to LeBron. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying he won't be. Yeah. But that's LeBron's magic. That's LeBron's bird. No, that's I feel like LeBron, not Steph one Curry. Not I'm one with year. Arthur. I, I totally was on the LeBron Steph Curry thing, and when he said, uh, it, I was like, well, yeah, that's it's it. funny because that's not even on the list. I would agree that is a rivalry, but that's not even on the list. So no, no, start these, from uh, start from ten and work your way to one. Okay, number ten. Well, actually, there's only nine. So number ten okay. is Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain. Oh yeah, good I rivalry. Would guess that. Good rivalry. Good rivalry. That's a clear. That's a clear one. This is the one that I thought was the most obscure one, but I understand the context. I don't know if you guys understand it, but it's Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly. Ooh, that is a rivalry. Yeah, that is a that rivalry. Is a heated rivalry. That is a rivalry. Man, I didn't think happy. about that one. I'm happy you guys got that one. one. This is another Shaq one, but this is Kobe versus Shaq. Yeah, yeah. I could see that one. Uh, pass the ball, Kobe. Yeah, uh, well, there six. was a lot of, there, but there was a there was a lot that went on after Kobe after Jack left that a lot of oh yeah that was oh, a yeah. lot I mean they, yeah, oh, yeah there was a lot that went on oh, yeah. that's a good um, number six was Larry Bird and Magic Johnson clearly they saved the eighties great rivalry great rivalry um, number five like we said was LeBron Kevin Durant which to me is the most contemporary rivalry we have besides the Steph and LeBron. Man, they do a TV uh, show together. <laughs> they do have a rivalry on the court, though. They have a rivalry. Like magic, magic. That's like, that's like, that's like, that's magic, like, magic, that's like, magic, that's no, like, no, don't even start this. Magic and Isaiah. flight at a sleepover. Magic and no Isaiah. Rivalry. Magic and Isaiah would kiss at center court, and Larry Bird and Isaiah, uh, Larry Bird but and They Isaiah legit hated each other going, coming from college into the NBA. I, I'm surprised. They have respect Michael for each Jordan other. and Reggie Miller isn't on this list. Well, yeah. one's an inferior player compared to the other. Uh, the one that I haven't said yet because I was waiting for – no, I'm talking about Reggie's an inferior player to Matt I know. Michael. That, I know. It's not worth, I, it's not worth I the rivalry. I think Reggie Miller would have uh, uh, something to say about that. But, but uh, keep oh, he would thrive all-time uh, – uh, before Curry is the all-time three-point chant leader. I, mean, I don't know, man. I mean, actually, Ray Allen was, but I'm not saying he wasn't. Oh, before uh, Ray Allen. Before Ray Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing that, but I'm saying um, <laughs> Ray Allen passed him, so it was actually Ray Allen or Steph Curry that passed Ray Allen. But besides that, Reggie the last Miller one that I didn't did hit yet. Reggie Miller didn't have one, to go to the Celtics to go to a finals. He took his team to the finals. I'll still take him over Ray Allen. Uh, uh, so the last one that I didn't go over yet, which is the one that Rob is going to give the most reaction to, is LeBron versus the east <laughs> so indulge rob i'm gonna i'm gonna mute this so i can't hear yo, you but indulge yo, yeah feast <laughs> we're gonna let rob did you say lebron versus the east <laughs> i can't wait to hear this <laughs> it's really that's just stupid LeBron. I take that. I take back what I said about Kevin Durant. That is the ultimate pillow fight. The East was so soft. My <laughs> pillow. <laughs> that, that, that's Listen, like I no, was waiting you, for the. I was waiting for the Curry Lebron one. I'm not arguing this argument because if you really look at the teams, that Eastern Conference was trash. I'm not arguing it. If, if, but, if you're gonna if you're gonna put Lebron versus the East in any context, then it's the Toronto Raptors because he just would smoke them every you, single year. You know what the nickname is? they had a that's good not, team. That's not when, – when LeBron plays them, it's not Toronto. It's <laughs> LeBronto. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's a difference, bro. Like, LeBron gets named, cities named after him. Like, it's crazy. That's cold. That's cold. That's cold. I mean, that's just, but, I just don't even know the argument because I'll be the first to tell you that LeBron, the, well, the the argument, East, this is which the was why we had, the argument that's, not even, is, that's is he, not even a rivalry. That was just, that's a, that's a water fight. It's like, well, listen, this is the argument. shirt contest. That's just the ar- garbage. The, the argument is the uh, eight straight NBA finals. That's the argument. He made, he made it every year in the decade besides these last two. And obviously the decade isn't over yeah. until the end of this yeah. championship season. Well, the last yeah. two because, he played because in LA. every team he played well, had Hooters chicks. That's what I'm saying. Every like, team like, in the yeah. East other than the bronze team had Hooters chicks playing on their team. I mean, Oh, come on. I told you this. I told you this two podcasts ago that I've always thought the Western teams were uh, superior because people want to live on the East coast. No one was on the East coast. I totally, totally get your point. But I'm just reading what the article says, and that's why I told you yeah. before we LeBron versus the, segment, the East. I told LeBron, you the argument the should be LeBron avoiding the West until all the other superstars left. The number one thing, the, the thing that career in the East, just to be clarified, yeah, he did, he did. So you can't Even when he played for the Wizards, Wizards, you can't tell him to to blame the convert he, he was bled into. Like that's just who he was. No, I mean LeBron him. owned the East. There's that's not even an argument. The East was LeBron's. <laughs> Playpen for life <laughs> forever, forever. For, the, for the better part of a decade. For, yeah, I mean, you you can't go. You're wrong the best with, uh, player on the planet in the worst division on the planet. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do some well, things. Where Conference. I think where, where I Conference. think they went wrong is I think that the number one team, the number one rivalry to me personally was uh, Bird versus Magic. That rivalry yeah. was epic. That should have been number one on that list. I mean, no, I don't think this is in any order in particular. I think it, it was just it was just listing them. Uh, each oh, one okay. Has, each one okay. has a different writer that that made a, like a little mini segment of why he thinks this is a intense rivalry of the last. And I think these are just nine plucked by some of the better writers of Bleacher Report, in which doesn't say much because Bleacher Report is a super biased website, anyways. But that's besides the point. I'm actually surprised, like James Harden versus. Westbrook or Kevin Durant just because of the whole Thunder thing and they've gone to the finals and now he's those are they're all good friends yeah Yeah. there was no real rivalry I mean KD and LeBron but no I don't think you under I I know the context because LeBron is my favorite player and I really don't like Kevin Durant as a player or as a person because I think he's cowardly they don't after the 2012 series when uh the Miami Heat beat OKC they didn't become friends anymore. They, I mean, they're, they're, they're acquaintances. I wouldn't say that, but I mean, I have acquaintances that I don't like. Yeah, they are. Did Kevin Durant does that show where they drive around. Now. Huh? Well, they, they did that because those are the two best players in the league. That's why they I mean, that, got that was produced by LeBron. Anyways, well, I'd love to pick up that segment for another show. Cause they're waving us off. Definitely. I know <laughs> they hate us. Cause they're not as knowledgeable as us. We can go on for conversations yeah. forever. Want, Arthur's a hey, start, a show. start a show. Start a show. Make your own Rob, you want to start? Well, I don't show? want to take your. I don't start, want to take a start a show. Start a show. I would love for you to start a show. I will. I will help you produce it. No, I'm good. <laughs> Rob's like, I, and with I, that, I, I don't got the time. I do have that, the time. I, I'm just lazy. <laughs> and with that, that is our show for today. I'd like to thank you all. You know, Nick Basher, the guy that we have on every other week, and JG behind the glass. <laughs> now you're gonna say my <laughs> say my name. You can follow us on Twitter at Take That L5 and Facebook Take That L. Thank you for listening, Rob. I can't swear to you. <laughs> Who's your daddy? Put that on there. Who's your daddy?